Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan Kapersky. Thank you for joining us this afternoon or this evening, depending on where you are. And we're going to talk about this wonderful, I keep saying wonderful. I say that for every movie because film in and of itself is wonderful. That's true. That's true. It's a magical thing. It is a magical thing. It brings about memory, creates memory. It's neat. It's visual. Well, for this movie, uh, enough people who are who judge film thought it was wonderful enough to win an award. Yeah. So we, we're, we're going to talk about Nomadland. Which we try to cover who the other people are. Yes. Uh, we have our two co-hosts with us this afternoon. I'm Blake, the talking expert before his name is mentioned. Yes. I'm Randall, the other guy. Yeah. yeah. The best <laughs> other guy. The better other guy. Oh, no. He's got more experience than nice. all of us in our little pinky. No way. What about I've big, done as many what? episodes of beer, Movie and a Beer as you guys have. Yes, you have. What about you? Do you discount my big pinky, Dan? <laughs> Anywho, oh, there we go. Nomadland won best director and best picture. Right now, this film is sort of like what we've talked about in the past, and that would be a. I, I wanted to call it a docudrama because it was sort of a documentary style film. It was it, following a thing that actually happened and is still happening. I correct, think. Correct. Correct. So, if if you're unfamiliar with it, it does have a couple of fairly good actors and stars that are in it. A majority mm-hmm. of the people that are in it are extras that are not actors who are actually people in that lifestyle or who work at the places they worked at. Real human beings, not like actors. Yeah. Frances McDormand, of course. The cool thing is you get to see her use a, you know, a bucket to relieve herself numerous times in the oh film goodness. because she lives out of her van. Uh, yeah, she's a woman in her 60s who, actually she lost everything in the Great Recession in 2008. Yeah. Took up a life as a van-dwelling nomad. Yeah. They, so, they use the word nomad a lot. Yeah. It's based off of a book, which was based off of true events. A small town in Nevada had a gypsum mine that closed, drywall factory closed, and it was a factory town. There was They had you know an airport and a school, and I think she said they had like a baseball stadium or, a, or like right. a football stadium or something and they everything disappeared everyone basically just got up and left when they closed the factory yeah there was no income and you, so you they abandoned all these homes and businesses go where the work is and she stuck around she was one of the last ones to leave her husband had passed away just as that was happening as well yeah. so that kind of multiplied the amount of issues that she was dealing with unfortunately i would say fortunately though she meets a really fun cast of characters uh, I just closed the window that I had all the names up, but the lady who she teams up with in a lot of places, South Dakota, uh, Nevada, all over the place is like her buddy for a lot of the movie. The guy she meets, who's the other actor, like professional actor in the film, they have a, a really cool kind of journey story that they share together for a little bit. You get a lot of great vistas. This is a really pretty movie, even though it's, well, I mean, Dan said, uh, "Dusk and dawn, or the the twilight, hour, the golden hours." Yeah, a lot of a lot of the film happens at a uh, sunup or sundown. Here's the thing: she made a lot of friends, but honestly, when you've won three Oscars for best leading actress, it's kind of easy to make friends. I think. <laughs> Just saying, like, not surprised. Not surprised at all. The film, I don't think, has a single sound stage. Everything was filmed live on yeah. location. Most of it with a steady cam, and I brought this up a numerous times, including the one time in the film it was not a steady cam, but a handy cam. I hate that. I, it's visually unappealing to me to have a camera jerking around more than the actors walking. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they did it, but they did it in one of the scenes where she's standing on the edge of a, you know, walking up to the edge of a, a cliff or you by know, the ocean. A vista, and, and it's just all shaky. 
and it is windy and rainy. Yeah, okay, so maybe they had a problem with the handy cam, but or the steady cam, but you know, still. I could possibly make an argument for why they did that storytelling wise, but I've gotten pr- pretty rusty with my film theory, so I couldn't make a call today. But give me give me a little bit of refreshing. But oh, overall, I like the movie. It had a nice bookend of uh, her leaving the town. I'm not going to say why, but she maybe comes back to the town later. We're yeah. Easy on the spoilers because this is a newer movie. Spoiler alert: This is not the sequel to Fargo. No, <laughs> I found that out the hard way. How's how's the van there doing there, Margie? <laughs> we kept saying that. How's it going, Margie? It's it's Could just it? it was such a good role. It's hard not to do. Although the film is better if you imagine it as the sequel to Fargo. I'm sorry, I just didn't love this movie. Well, uh, it makes me sad because I like the actor who plays her husband who paints those uh, ducks for stamps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he was just painting them, and then it, he submitted them for the competition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys know Terrence Malick? The name is familiar. He's director, a, correct? He's a director. Let's see. He did A Thin Red Line, Tree of Life. Remember that movie with Brad oh, Pitt? Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard a lot of opposing opinions about Tree of Life. Um, well, it's a Terrence Malick film, so there's not much plot, but it's really beautiful and filmed with natural light and a lot of hmm. steady cam. And this movie totally felt like it could have been a Terrence Malick film. Yes, it was slow and boring and beautiful. I didn't like this movie. It kept my attention. I had to take a break a couple of times. Only because don't poops like in a bucket. I, <laughs> multiple times. Multiple times. You no, just, no, no. That okay. happens once. It's I'm human sure it happens process. more than once. We but all that do happened it. Film one. They you tested. They it. tested this movie, and in 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 the one they tested, she poops actually like seventeen times in a bucket. They realized it's <laughs> oh, a little it might much. Edit it down. Edit it down. Yeah, so we, we, we knew we were going to watch this film, and yeah, I decided yeah. to go to our local, wonderful, one of our more favorite tap room slash bottle shops called Cerveza, yeah. which we also eat at periodically. Mm-hmm. They have awesome cheese curds. Didn't we get food? We got food from Cerveza. Yeah. And yeah. then watched the film after, because we, ha- we had a bunch of beer that we bought mm-hmm. when we went there to pick up the food. And so we picked up a couple of beers, one from Grains of Wrath, Dive Bar Lager, and the other is an import. Actually, it's from Chicago, but the recipe in the company that owns it is from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And it's a Tayaki Stout, which is a, an imperial double Oh, pastry. yeah, that was... Japa Cerveja Veria? Something like that. That, they, that uh, threw me how much I like that one. The only thing I would have uh, adjusted is if I knew this was taking place primarily in the American West, Nevada, mm-hmm. California, South Dakota, which is West-ish, mid, middle America, I would have uh, tried to find beers from there. Correct. They don't really drink much in the movie, except for a couple of mixed drinks here and there. Yeah, and there's water. A, there's a, a couple of, of bar scenes uh, where they were dancing, line dancing and stuff. They were drinking beer, but I couldn't tell what it was. It was beer that would not be in a craft bottle shop. Probably not. <laughs> they did some shots of tequila. Yeah. Uh, yes, that classic beer tequila. <laughs> so basically, the story starts following her after she leaves the town. She packs yeah. everything up, moves it into... A storage unit like her whole life other than what will fit in the van yeah and she just leaves and she hears online either through facebook or youtube or something about this guy who is preaching the lifestyle of being a nomad and not being under the thumb of the mighty dollar yeah yeah and so it's convincing people that are in their 60s and 70s that lost everything that have they can't afford to work full-time because they're elderly or yeah. older and they can't physically do it as much or They've just they don't have the desire to work anymore, and they don't have enough in retirement savings to live because it's expensive. So they join this commune of travelers, exactly uh, nomads, people they, who have uh, 
like flea market esque giveaways where or swaps. Yeah, swap meets. It's I'll, it's I'll like take hippies. this can opener if you take. I'll I'll get the can opener for my uh, oven mitts. Like cool, great, fine trade. The one thing they never mentioned was these were all hippies. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. So this lot, is like an extension. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they, they live there were no young people. There, but, the, but there was some, I, I did appreciate. A couple of young people around my age. Yeah, they mm. ran across a few, Which what you would act. call uh, deadhead drifters, I guess. I don't even know what you call them anymore. Because um, you can't call them potheads. Drifter sounds right. I mean, deadhead, I think specifically is for Grif- grifters. Grifters. No, Gr- grifter- grifters are grifters. trying to get your money for uh, for nothing. Yeah, these guys they, are trying Matt to trade. Barry in and, almost any role he's been in. Yeah, they, they uh, try to trade for stuff. And the one one guy's a cowboy, which still exists uh, on the Southwest. Yeah. He yeah. travels from ranch to ranch, does seasonal stuff. Mm-hmm. Just as these poor people, yeah. and they are poor. They don't have a lot of money. They, they trade and barter for everything. When they do have to have yeah. money, they either sell their stuff or they go get a seasonal job. Which is like working at an Amazon warehouse for a couple months. You probably most likely the holiday season. Yeah, I mean it was cold then. That's yeah. usually when retail will ramp up and yeah. And and Amazon would hire them because they're like, we yeah. need the workers. You're you want to work? You need the money? Let's do it. Yeah. They actually, I'd read before we watched the film. They filmed in an actual warehouse in Nevada. And Amazon, I don't, we don't, we didn't really, there's no background to it. We don't know if they were told what the film was about ahead of time yeah. or it was just like, we're, we're doing a documentary about this person and it happens to be Frances McDormand, mm-hmm. you know, pretty famous character actor who everybody really knows just by sight. So it's kind of like, ah, how did that work? Well, I can't guarantee I'd recognize her on the street. She looks so human, normal in this movie. A normal person. Whereas when you watch a movie where someone's trying to be down to earth, like a Chris Evans or like a Selma Hayek doing something down to earth you still go that's a famous person yeah versus mcdormand i think has done enough i guess indie cred kind of films that you could see her in the street and go i it is that francis mcdormand i i don't know she's I, got so much indie cred they'll let her work at an amazon warehouse seriously yeah. just to know what it <laughs> is didn't even for, look at a resume they, they're they, like we know you yeah Rand- randall geez, well no this is embarrassing it's pronounced resume resume <laughs> <laughs> said the english major so so it's it would be cool if they actually did that because she's like i'm yeah. researching a character mm-hmm. can i mm-hmm. work here for two months and they'd be like hell yeah little did they know she should have uh, gotten actually signed into it and make double paycheck oh, movie, movie bucks and a real paycheck because yeah. she actually does like haul stuff around yeah. in the bin she she they're looks like, like dro- people i've like worked drones, with man. in other jobs they look like drones if it you want so yeah it's so sad if you want to know what it's like to work at an amazon factory win three oscars poop in a bucket and then go oh work seasonal goodness. at a warehouse in the Midwest. Then that's the true experience. That is the yeah. true experience. <laughs> so, do so, we have any commercials before we talk about beers? We we got to add sent to the uh, to the website. Random Robin's RV Emporium. Hey there, folks. I'm Random Robin. I got RVs are a price to move. Did you lose a job you thought was for life? Did your hus- husband pass away? Did you let your son-in-law, who just watched Nomadland, write your ad copy for you? The third thing sure matches my current energy. We got RVs for travelers, nomads, road lovers, and other terms for people who don't have homes and other... Come on, George. You can't make... If I can figure out why Sarah ever married that... Shake it up, Robin. Shake it up. Two for the dollar. Two for the dollar. So come on down to Random Robin's RV Emporium. The R stands for great deals. All right, welcome back to Moving a Beer, everybody. This is uh, Dan coming at you. We have Nomad Land and sort of a thumb up, thumb down, and a thumb in between. Yeah. We watched this film with a dive bar lager from Grains of Wrath and the Taiyaki Stout, which is an Imperial double pastry stout. 
out of uh well it's from Chicago's the the sub place that made it for them but mm-hmm. is a brewery that's three women out of Sao Paulo, Brazil that are actually of Japanese descent. So that's I completely why, forgot about that yeah, until you just now said it. Super that's crazy. So fascinating. I, I read the can and I was like, I gotta try that. <laughs> so thoughts on the beers. The uh dive bar lager from Grains of Wrath, which is out of both Camas, Washington and here in North Portland on North Williams. They have a little tap room they just opened up. It's kind of like a typical American adjunct lager, little hazy, medium yellow hue. Uh, there was some grassy and spicy hop notes on the the kind of front palate and back that kind of stuck out a little bit more than you would for a Pilsner. So just an, an American lager. I don't know if I caught simple. anything spicy. That's I'm looking at you saying it now. I'm like, I, that's awesome. I didn't catch that. I think this, I will say, uh, I really like this beer. And this is matched the tone of the film. A lot of the people you'd meet would drink this, but this is a good, just straightforward. I mean, I, I'm sucker for lagers, so yeah, I'm biased, but and and it was only four percent, so it's pretty low. They didn't yeah. have the IBU listed, but I imagine it's not very much. Probably in the twenties, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, there's enough you could taste it, but it's not super bitter. Yeah, no bitter Why beer do they face. Call it a lager. Well, there's two types of beer in the world. It takes ales, lager to make it <laughs> uh, ales yeah. and lagers, and that's actually true. <laughs> I win. Ale yeast. Ferments at a warmer temperature. Lager yeast ferments at a colder temperature. Where does that word come from, though? Lager. The term lager? Uh, yeah. The term lager, I do not know. It's a German... It comes from wordomancers. Ooh. In the dark dark caves and deep in the earth where they perform their evil magics and make words like yeet. I like it. I'll like, go with it. <laughs> what's the history of the word lager? That yeah. is... Uh, it just tells you what it means. I want the etymology of the word uh, lager. Lager beer had developed, developed in Central Europe and probably was introduced in the United States by Philadelphia by John Wagner. Is that true, Dan? I have no idea. It's on, on the, the internet, internet, so it must hey. be true. It's on the <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a beer. Lager as a verb, to be lagered or Ooh. lagering or lagers in general. Hmm. Hey, hands off my not girl, pal. People. I'm going to lager you in the face. Not, not to be confused with people who chop trees. Oh, yeah. It's wrong lager. L- long A sound. L-A-G-E-R versus L-O-G-G-E-R. Okay. I like it. Yeah, good stuff. It was I, a good beer. I have no idea where yeah, the, the history, the etymology of the word is, so we'll have to do some research on that and post it on our There'll be a bonus episode where we just yeah. bore you with etymology. <laughs> I don't know. Etymology is pretty interesting when you dive into it. Yeah. Well, we're going to get do the ben, I'm gonna master the Ben Stein voice and really drone on. Yeah, there you mm. go. Voodoo, anyone? 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 Voodoo economics. So, so I think we all like that one. <laughs> uh, we waited about halfway through the film and opened up the second one, and we did little tasters Boy, of it first because it's a 10% 55 IBU pastry stout. I was concerned it was going to be a little sweet. We were they, all really scared of this beer when yeah, we got it. I was surprised Dan got it. Yeah, the, the can is this beautiful kind of pinky salmon color, and it's got the taiyaki is a traditional dessert kind of thing that you can find all over Japan. It's yeah. like a waffle that has paste or cream or it could be sweet or savory on the mm. inside. They're typically sweet and they come in hundreds of different flavor varieties. They made this beer to reflect kind of the caramely, crunchy, uh, malt body character that would be reflective in the same kind of dough that, or, you know, the output of a waffle. Like what does a waffle taste like? It kind of tastes like this beer a little bit. I would agree with that. This had a really good, the word's not right, but soft taste. Yeah. I was expecting it to just knock me on my ass, and I, was, I sipped it. Went, I this is oh my gosh! Yes. It's very, so, it's a mild, and it so it's, it's got calm. red bean paste, vanilla, and a little hint of chocolate, little cocoa, little cocoa. 
It was tasty. It was just really clean, soft, wow, way gentle. To go, Randall. <laughs> but you knew it was. You, it it didn't taste like ten percent, but it was definitely solid. A really fun surprise because I kept looking at it going red bean paste, red bean paste, and it, I drank it. And then Dan pointed out it also had vanilla and and, and cocoa, cacao, yeah. whatever you say, cacao, <laughs> cacao. And I just sipped it and looked at the guys and thought, I, no way. This is really, really good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Huh. Not sure it went with the movie. I. But it was a complex, good beer. And the characters were complex. One of the handful of really dramatic scenes that kind of matched. But this would have been better with, I'll get back to you on it. It's a a big beer, but not scary big. This would have been better with Heineken. <laughs> okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> or maybe a Coors Light. Yeah, because oh, they, they did have like award winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they had Coors, right? Winning. They, they, they had stuff in there. You know, that was on Gremlins, our last episode. But anyway, uh, I think we all enjoyed both of the beers. Maybe not the second one as much. As you said, it kind of went with the film. Mm-hmm, uh, are we mm-hmm. going to play our beer name rename game with the keywords? Yeah, let's do keyword? it. What are we going to do? We gonna let's try rename? to rename. Let's rename the red paste one. The, yeah. Uh, Let's come up with a new name for that because Taiyaki yeah. is kind of interesting and hard to it's like. I don't know what horrible. that was. I feel like that would scare off a lot of new beer drinkers. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of beer drinkers would look at that and go, "I don't know if I'm ready for that." Sounds yeah. like teriyaki. Not gonna lie. I mean, if you say teriyaki, I want teriyaki beer. Yes, I actually please. thought that's what it was. That's what I thought it was too. <laughs> it's a salty, bad name. Give me that salty, salty beer. <laughs> and I know it's probably it's. We're just ignorant. And it's Nomadland. One word. Nomadland. Plot keyword beer name re rename game or however we want to say it. Basically, you go to IMDb, and you scroll down the page of the film that you're looking at, and there'll be a keywords section that you can click on called Plot Keywords. Whoa. And there's like 222 which that have been submitted. Which is kind of rare for a new movie. Which is. there's These are all user-submitted, so this is people out on the internet world uh, submitting things that they think are relevant to the film. All of these, as we're scrolling through them, actually do have relevance because they appear or are spoken about in the yeah. film. So uh, if we were going to rename, scrolling through this list, Stout Beer, what would it be? I want to nominate Dinosaur Statue. Mm. Yeah. I feel like if I saw Dinosaur Statue, that would give me an idea of, okay, this would be an interesting flavor. I mean, she does travel around the western parts of, I guess you'd say, South Dakota. She goes to the Badlands, uh, North Dakota, yeah. South Dakota, the western very, panhandle very of Nebraska. Mountains. She sees the giant... Uh, 80-foot brontosaurus. Brontosaurus that used to be part of... I don't know if that gas station chain is still around. Sinclair had this... It was kind of like one of those uh, forest, the trapezoid shape logos that had this yeah. big green dinosaur in it, and it and yeah, and that's the exact same dinosaur I think. And and I was like, I've seen that in person in the western end of Nebraska. So yeah, they they do travel a bunch of places, including Waldrug, a plot spoil. If I were to rename this beer based on keywords, it would be called Not My Oscar. That's rough. That's not a keyword here, but it's going to be. I need a flashlight for all the shade being thrown around. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I I would I would rename it relationship with husband because okay. that's that's on there because it's it's a it's the it's beer kind there. of beer that would. I don't know if I'd agree with that. I feel like if I saw relationship with husband, it, I would think it'd be sharper, like stingy, sweet, maybe or sharper, or just sweet. nice and mild. Might be revealing my feelings about marriage. <laughs> 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 all right, Randall, for real, what for would real? you? Uh, take from the words given here for this beer let's take a couple words here uh sister relationship death 
That's an intense <laughs> name. I was going to say uh, Healing Working Class. Oh, Healing Working Class. Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. You know, this this is a tough film to watch. Mm-hmm. It touched on a really sensitive issue that is real. A lot of people yeah. out there were screwed over by that big event back in 20, 2008. And um, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it must be like now for a lot of those people. Who are still dealing with it. Still dealing with it. Social distancing. They haven't quite recovered. I think, you know, there's some healing that needs to, to happen, not just within the Academy for nominating this film for Best Picture, but mm-hmm. for within within our culture, that's um, being torn apart. Well, and, shit. Any thoughts? What else do we want to say? <laughs> I don't know. Well, like shit. Said, we can... That's all I got to say about that. Well, in a, in a bucket. Doesn't in a bucket three times. <laughs> I, I would say it might not be required viewing, but I, I personally liked it. I went in thinking, eh, I'm not going to be into this, but I think there's a certain level of romanticism in traveling across the country, this wasn't what that was. I know there's a lot of hardships you have to deal with, but I, th- I think it's a pretty, it's a good movie to watch. Not required viewing, but no. If you ever see it and you're looking for something new to watch on your, on the, I think Hulu, Netflix like, or Hulu, I Netflix or Hulu, yeah. check it out. Francis McDormand, as always, is like just yeah, real charm, like yeah. real person charming. I mean, to be fair, this was a beautiful film beautifully made there just wasn't a lot of film in this film you know it was there about the journey not the destination which it, you don't really want in but a it, movie. there wasn't even much of a journey in my opinion i mean not really you know she drove i mean yes there was a literal journey but she kind of accepted stuff but it wasn't really clear she just walks yeah. off at the a little yeah. Oh, yeah there's some yeah. there's some not so pleasantness in it so yeah I mean, agreed it's tricky it, okay had she had ended the movie pooping in a bucket oh my god <laughs> And they did full talk circle. about. They did talk about. And they, the night thing is, is there were full circle, circle different size, different size Gross. buckets based on the size of vehicle you're in. And, buckets and within buckets. Buckets within buckets. Yes. All right. So my goodness, we want to thank you for joining us on this episode and helping us deal with the reality of the insanity of losing everything and walking through life or driving through life with a bunch of other nomads. As always, the op- opinions expressed during the taping of this recording are those of the hosts and. Uh, if you don't hydrate, then you will dehydrate. So yes. please hydrate. Yes. Drink lots of water or other mm-hmm. things that aren't alcohol based while you drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Find some cool beers. Uh, it can be light, yeah. can be dark, whatever you're comfortable with. This is Dan signing off. Thank you for joining us. This is Blake saying bye, guys. This is Randall saying be nice to people on the road and everywhere you go. Yeah. Permit returns. It's exactly. good for you.